Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I am very excited about this guest. We've been trying to get her for ages. And is she your spirit animal, really, Jessie? I mean, I'd like to Because you do say, talk about her a lot. I do. Like, you look up to her. I mean, I love her on Drag Race. And I loved her when I met her in real life, when I was a judge on Drag Race. And I think now I've just got a huge crush on her. I think you're going to really respect how she turns up and the effort that she will have put into meeting us. Good, because I put a big effort into managing her dietary requirements today. Well, there were quite a few. Yeah. No judgment. No, I'm There's... sure this is for medical reasons, I think. Yeah, so bless her, she did, Michelle was very sweet and said, listen, you can have a steak, whatever, I won't eat. But we have made the effort, mum has made the effort. It was like the invention test on MasterChef. I've got with all the ingredients she's allowed to eat and I've made a Thai pie. You may not have heard of a Thai pie before and you no. may never hear of it again. again. <laughs> well, let's see what happens. What's but, in it, Mum? Well, it's ginger, lemongrass, yeah. coconut milk. Gorge. I've cooked all the vegetables in that. Yeah. And then I've topped it. Turmeric? Did you put turmeric in? Turmeric in. Yeah. So some bits. Anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory, yeah. Then I made a topping of sweet potato, swede, Jerusalem artichokes and carrot. And she's allowed all those things? All those things. They're tubers. What are tubers? Things that grow above the ground or along the ground. Okay. And then I've put cinnamon on the top of that because she's allowed cinnamon. So it's a bit of a combination job. Let's hope it tastes not too bad. So, yeah, Michelle, I'm sure she'll talk about this. She's doing an AIP diet, which is... Mum, are you Googling what I'm looking means? up what it means. It's autoimmune protocol diet. Well, it's interesting because I think actually, so we're going to feel incredibly wonderful after this meal. No drink. Unlike me, who's been vaccinated twice and had COVID, yeah. you need your your immune system promoting. So actually, thank you, Michelle Fassage. Yeah, she's probably saved your life. Thank God. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, everyone knows Michelle Fassage, I thought, but if you don't, then she is the incredible judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. She was she part was of on the Vogue. Strictly. She was on Strictly yep. with Giovanni. Great dancer. Good, Great good dancer. Legs. Do you remember when she was Morticia? Yeah. She was brilliant for the Halloween special. Uh, she's a DJ. She's a TV personality. Is that her name? I think the house gave it to her. So New York scene, 80s, voguing, drag balls. 
I think, think she adopted the name Visage and I'd like to know why that came about. Okay. So yeah, she's like the coolest chick in town. Michelle Visage coming up on Table Manners. We've got my dream girl, Michelle Visage, in mum's house and I'm so excited Aww. to just see you again. You know, we were behind perspex last time we, we saw each other yeah. we're covid safe now mm-hmm. um but how are you i'm wonderful nice and we're to be so back. grateful that you got to do the show i had uh, honestly i felt like i was in heaven it was you the best were, day of my life you were fantastic i loved it yeah. so much but Jessica. i mean I, no honestly <laughs> but the greatest honor was like michelle being like you're doing great and then rue just turning over and went hey jesse you're good and i was like <laughs> I think I went, thanks, Mama Roo. Great, great. I was so uncool. But but no, it was just the funnest thing. I mean, Drag Race is the funnest thing in the world, Agreed, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, it's like, first of all, getting to work with my best friend. Like, Mm. think about that. It could either go well or terribly. But in this, it's like living with your best friend. It's either good or bad, you know? Um, But we get along so well. Like, in life... You say you have soulmates. It could be in the form, you know, most people think of lovers or their partners, Mm. but really there's friendship soulmates. And I think we're always kind of like that with me. We never argue. We've been friends for 30 years. Mm. It's just, we understand each other. We can finish each other's sentences and it's just. I saw that. Yeah. When you were like doing the, let's do it. Yeah. And you were like, literally, they were both just back. It was back and forth the whole time. Yeah. So how did you two meet? We met in New York City Mm. in the nightclubs. So I was. 18 years old, and I was hired by Suzanne Barch, who's the most incredible nightclub party thrower. You know, Mm. she's a party promoter, but she's legendary, and she's still doing it today. She runs the Suzanne Barch Follies, and I was hired because I grew up in. You've seen Pose. I loved it. I basically okay. based my whole last record around Pose. I there you so go. So I grew up in the Harlem ballroom scene. Amazing. That's when I left New Jersey and moved to New York City to go to theater school. Mm-hmm. My uni was at theater school. I um, knew nobody, and I got taken into the family, the House of Magnifique, and that's kind of how it started, and that's where I met Rue. So I started voguing. I became one of the first cisgender biological females to walk in a ball in a Vogue category and all that stuff. So anyway, long story short, I got hired to run a voguing troupe every week for Suzanne's parties. And Rue was also hired to be Rue at these parties. So we would see each other, but it wasn't like we were friends. And then... Well, so Rue was already established. No, Rue was like, established as a club kid, not as RuPaul. Okay, right. Because Ru, RuPaul is RuPaul, but not as supermodel RuPaul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was like 1980... Seven and 88, 89. That's when we did the club stuff. And then Supermodel, I left to be in a girl group in 89 and 90. And then Supermodel came out in around 92. And then I had a song um, with a different group on the Bodyguard soundtrack in 92. And which um, one was it on the- Lovely Day. It's going to be a lovely day. A lovely day. Lovely day. Oh, lovely day. Bill Withers. Body- yeah, we did a remake of that. Yeah. And it was on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Track nine. The only non-Whitney song to make it in the movie as well. Oh, Mazel tov. Thanks. <laughs> so Rue had Supermodel, You Better Work, out at yeah. the same time that I had mine. And we did a dance music seminar in New York City at the Marriott Marquis. And I remember we were up in a green room. And I walked up to him and I was like, 
I don't know if you remember me from the club days. Mm. And he was like, bitch, not only do, you rem- do I remember you, but you're a motherfucking superstar. And it was a moment in time that froze for me to be stuck in my brain forever because we're in a green room talking over a cheese plate, like everybody's walking around in this hotel room. And the only person that ever believed that I was a superstar was my mother. So I had never had anybody in my life of course you're a support me like yeah. that. Thank you, Lenny. So it was a moment of he sees what I see. I've never been validated like that. Even my own record producer said, you are not Madonna. Who do you think you are? You're only who you are because we made you. It was like that. Very unsupportive. Oh, bloody cheap. Oh, it was terrible. But really when, terrible. when you were in the Vogue scene, was it, I mean, from what I understand of it, there mm. was, I mean, there was competition, but it was like healthy, fun, bitchy competition, Excuse but brilliant and artistic. explain what Vogue okay, well, scene is. Okay, I'm going to let Michelle Fazage explain. Because right? is it just good dancing? No, it's more More. than that. I'll I'll explain it in a nutshell. And what it means to come up, the Harlem ballroom scene was a a safe space for queer people of color to compete with each other, celebrate each other, win trophies, be validated um, for who they are. And it was very much their scene. And the house, their families, their chosen families were kind of uh, done by houses you know, so the house so, of where yeah. we could be in the house of where and you'd Jessie, be the house of darling. Yeah. That would be your yours. darling. You could be the house mother and Jesse could be the house father. It did. There yeah. are no yeah. genders. Um, trans people weren't called trans back then, but they existed mm. and they were always there. And it was, it was like, you said it perfectly, Jesse. So it shows me, you know what you're talking about. There was super healthy, super bitchy, super catty competition, but mm. it was never mean. Mm. Mm. You could be voguing for your life or competing. I, I vogued and I also competed in the face category. Now you could be body. It could be clothing. It could be dance, all different categories. So creative. Yeah. Mom. Like they it, it, kind of, and that's where drag race has kind of been imagined for, like it well or no no but you, the, the the term category is and we yes. definitely borrow some things from the from the ball yeah. scene and lenny you should watch pose to understand it because it's mom, really really love good pose. i've never watched oh it. my god mom it's so wonderful you would love it i imagine everyone in it's like johannes radibi from yes. strictly very much so <laughs> yeah but there were that fabulous as johannes is and then there were not fabulous and i was one of the only ones with my skin color and that's what I loved, I was in an all Latin X people of color house, and they, when I met them in the first place, they took me in. Like there was never a question of I wasn't good enough or I wasn't one of them, which is why cancel culture today is so frightening mm-hmm. to me because the queer culture that I grew up in never existed. That didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. So it was an amazing thing, and and that's kind of where I came up in when I met Rue. Um, in that, that day that was in 92 and we didn't start working together until 96 when we were, um, I was auditioning for a radio station to be a breakfast show presenter. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Cause I'd gone from being a, a pop star to working in a strip club, hosting the hot oil wrestling, because I was going in there thinking I had a roommate who was making three to $5,000 a night as a stripper. And she was hot. And this wow. was the heyday in New York city. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. So I got my boobs done. I was ready to go. And I went there during a lunch shift, which was very kind of, what did your mother say? My mother she did she know? I'm thinking if she was alive at the time. She was. Um, did that you was, tell her? Um, yeah, that was ninety. Yeah, she was very much alive. Yeah, she knew. But I wasn't. I when I got there, point was I went there on a lunch shift. The lunch shifts are always traditionally more seedy than the nighttime, where it's throbbing and people are there and dancing. And 
So um, people aren't going for their, their lunch. There are lunches there, but I'm not sure that's what they were going for, Lenny. So when I went, um, I realized I can't do this. I can't do... The girls were kind of vacant behind the eyes, and they did what they had to do. Mm. And I learned a lot from these women. Most of them were single moms. They were paying for their... It, it, they mm. were amazing. But they all have gorgeous bodies. Gorgeous, which is the point that I'm talking about. They just went up there. They could see through these people do what they had to do, make their money and leave. Mm. But their bodies were amazing. And mine was never amazing. I either had no boobs or then I had boobs. And I was so, whether, look, looking back, it was amazing to how I feel today after two C-sections and up and down in my <laughs> weight. But we don't appreciate what we have when we've got it, do we? If I had no. a good body, I wouldn't mind being a stripper. We make <sighs> lots no, of money. No, I just, honestly, yep. because I think if you have a gorgeous body, you're not self-conscious. No. You just don't mind That's showing I mean. it off. I don't think it's the end of the world. No, oh, not at all. I res when I say I yeah. respect these women, I respect these women. I learned so much about myself through them. Yeah. And I just realized that I couldn't do what they were doing because, believe it or not, as confident as I am, I, I'm not confident about my body. I have so many... Yeah body issues. So I didn't do it, but it just so happened the day that I met the, the leader, the head, the boss of the hot oil wrestling. And he said, he knew who I was from my girl group. And he was like, Oh my God, you're looking for a job. He said, our MC is pregnant. And she has to, of course she can't be in a strip club pregnant doing mm. hot oil wrestling. Mm. Right. So she told me what to do. She was lovely. She taught me what to do. There was a script and I took over and it was like money that was coming in, cash under the table. I kept my clothes on and I got to, it was like every Glamorous. night, it was every night. It was like stand up comedy for, for mm. an hour, to, hour or two. It would be mostly stag dues. The guys were wasted. Mm. I could totally rip them a new one and they didn't care because I was this ballsy bitch with a microphone. It was so fun. And I did that until the bodyguard record deal and they called me and said we want you to do this record and then I was like oh okay so I then that's when I left and did that and then after that ended what do I do because my solo career that I was promised mm. was abandoned mm. so that's when I said well I have experience in radio every time you know this as a recording artist every time you go to do a radio interview when you would go in person I'd say oh can I do the news or can I do the traffic and they'd let me and I I grew up on radio AM and FM I'd listen to stuff I'd write down the songs every New Year's Eve and I was like I'd be so good at this I can talk so I hustled my way into this new radio station because I was like, you're playing my music. I'm the perfect person to like be a part of it. So I started out as like the girl that they'd, the morning show guys, it was always guys, would go, oh, Michelle Visage from Seduction, that was my girl group, is out on the streets. You can go see her at the diner. She's got KTU t-shirts. And people would come and drive up and I'd say, hey, where are you from? You know, that type of thing. And the big bosses were in town from Chicago that were launching this huge radio station in the number one market in the world, which is New York. And they said, um, who's that girl? And they came in and they were like, you're really good. You've never done this before? And I was like, no, I'm just me. The following week, they had me audition with another person and then another person. And then it was fashion week, four weeks in to auditioning for the breakfast show slot. Jeez, you had to do four, four weeks with four different guys. And I got better and better each week because they were giving me more to do. One week, I was just the girl on the street. The next week, it was traffic. And I never did traffic. I was making traffic. words up. No idea. Did you do the weather as well? The weather. <laughs> no idea. I was lying. Like, fake it till you make it. And then the next week was fashion week. And they said, well, we've got somebody we think we want to put you with. And I was like, great. So can you come meet us at this hotel the night, the day before? And then we'll talk about, and I was like, great. I'm in the hotel room and RuPaul walks in. 
And you're like, ding, ding. Oh, well. Now, did he have hair then? No, he's been bald for as long as I know. Always been bald. So he walks in and he stops and he goes, now remember, we had this conversation four years prior that where I'm a superstar. So he walks in and he goes, oh my God, Michelle Visage, of course it's you sitting here. Of course. All roads lead to Visage. And that was February of 96. And that's where our professional career began together. He then had a talk show on VH1 in the States, uh, the RuPaul show, the original one. And um, he brought me in as a sidekick. And we had been working. We'd go from the radio show together in our car together. He'd pick me up in the morning because I used to take the radio station didn't send. It was in New Jersey and we were living in the city. So I'd have to get like on the subway and the path train at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. by myself. And he was like, no, girl, I'm going to send my car for you. So my, his car would come pick me up. Then we go pick him up. Then we go into the city, into New Jersey together, record the radio show. We'd leave there together, come back into the city, do the VH1 taping together. Then he'd have his car drop me off and then drop him off. So that's where that relationship started. And we uh, were just so destined to work together that he's brought me in on everything. Is Visage your given name? No, my darling. So how did you get Visage? Great question. You should do this for a living. Right? <laughs> I'm not very good, really. You're wonderful. So Visage means face. I'd asked Jessie before. Yeah, no, Visage means In face. In French. Is Michelle your real name? Yes, that okay. is my real name. My The name of my adopted family that I was adopted into yeah. was Shoepack. So it was Michelle Shoepack. And it's I not going to work on the, the runway. Yeah, okay. Thank you. But, but yeah. In the ballroom scene, I said that I walk the face category. It's very Latin X and, and black and all sorts of cultures. So they would call me cara, which means face in Spanish, right? So I used to write it on all my jackets. I would have it airbrushed. It would say cara, which you spell C-A-R-A. And in New York, cara is a girl na- girl's name. So I'd walk down the street and they go, hey, cara. And I'm like, I am not... Cara, nor do I look like a Cara. So I thought visage means face in French. I'll just use visage. But not thinking that saying the monsieur, Michelle, into visage is very difficult. So every time I do an interview, everybody has to do take two, take three, because they end up saying Michelle visage or Michelle visage. It's it's not easy. But shoe pack wasn't going to cut it. So I told them, and they didn't care. My mom and dad didn't care. I want to know, you know, when you were in the house, you were all living together. No, that's a fallacy. That part, I know, sorry to break it. That part isn't. It's like the pink palace. No, well. Pose have that isn't cheated true. me on this. Yeah, that's oh, okay. not true. It might have been... what you were getting cooked if it was like Latina, you know, like right. what were you having? Oh, the best food in the world, um, especially Dominican food, Puerto Rican food is just unbelievable, but Brazilian food. That is the bit that isn't really the most okay. truthful. Okay. Because these, I'll forgive them. But... Yes, I'm sure some did, yeah. so I'm not going to speak for everybody. No. The ones that I knew, no. There'd be a house mother and maybe one would stay with them or stay with them here and there. Um, like boarding school. It kind no, of is. But, it's, it's so be- so but you, you don't pay. <laughs> are you still in touch with your family? I'm still in touch with my house father, Caesar, yeah. He is still teaching Vogue at Alvin Ailey. Um, and he's just, he's an icon. He's a legend. He's mm. everything. And Willie, Willie, the late what Willie Ninja taught me. What do you mean by teaching Vogue? So Vogue is a dance form uh, yeah, that came yeah. from there. And you know Madonna did yeah, Vogue. Yes. Yeah. She, she got that. it from here. Yeah, she saw it from the clubs, yeah. from the ball. And, and Michelle adores Madonna and looks like Madonna. So that must have, were you, were you like, this is like the greatest thing that's happening. Madonna has, is acknowledging something that I am part of. Yes. There was or a were part you like, of, can you just back off? Both, this is our thing. Both. Okay. Truth be completely told, both. It was like, yeah. 
Hold, hold on a minute. Like, I'm the voguing diva. Like, that's my thing. Were you amazing at it? I, I was back in my day. <laughs> um, not anymore, but it was my thing. But then the other part of me was like, this is amazing. These kids have worked so hard. At, this is our underground culture. Yeah. And she's taking it to the masses. These people are going to get... And when Lewis and Jose went to dance for her, there are people. Yeah. So that was an amazing, amazing moment. At the same time of a little bit of... Have you met her? No, I don't want to. Why? You know the saying, you never meet your icons, Mm. right? Or your idols. Mm. I've met some and I haven't been let down. I met some and I have been let down. She is the ultimate for me. I have her up on a pedestal where so many people, Lenny, have told me, take it down. She doesn't belong there. I don't want to hear it. She's my everything and I'm going to leave her right up there. She's like you with Michelle. I met her and she's been better than anything I could expect. So, so, so taking, let's go back to yeah. growing up yeah. in a Jewish household, yes. adopted. Yes. But do you know where your birth family I do. came so from? I am not biologically Jewish yeah. because my mother is Irish, Hungarian, Catholic, but my father my biological father was Jewish, is Jewish. He's alive. My mother's not with us anymore. Both of my mothers are no longer with us. But on the upside of that, um, my mom, Arlene, who was the adopted, my, she's my mother, yeah. though. Um, so for all intents and purposes, she's my mom. And then I'll say my biological family. How old were you when you adopted? Um, I was four months old. I was in foster care till I was wow. four months. And then I was given to uh, my mom and dad, which waited a while to get me. And then three more, they, like... Child, so that's quick for an adoption. It is. Three yeah. more years they had to wait for my You'd brother. You'd wait for a year here. Yeah. My brother yeah. was three years, even back yeah. then. So um, we're not biologically related, my brother and I. But Arlene was my mom, and Marty is my dad. He's not. still alive. He's 82, yeah. And they, my dad grew up pretty orthodox, pretty strict in Baltimore. And my mother, came, come, you know, they were a Jewish family. My aunt, her sister's still with us, and she's pretty Jewish. So I grew up with... My mother always did Thanksgiving and she a lot of and always did a night of Passover. Did you do Yom Kippur? Did you fast? You know, yes. yes. They would do that. Yeah. So around the dinner table at your family home, were what was a really memorable meal for you? Um, your family home sounds way more loving than mine was in the sense that, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but you know, I always had issues around food. I never liked meat, even when I was young and my parents, Americans, man, they would set the timer if I didn't eat at a certain time. So it's no wonder I had eating disorders. You eat very early, don't you? It's not even the time. It's like, if I didn't eat the meat in a certain amount of time, I was getting a spanking like that type. Yeah, it was really bad. I'm not trying to bring the tone down, but this is why. So my parents were both obese, so they would cook. Meat, starch, potato, starch, another sweet potato. Like it was just starch, 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 meat. I never liked meat. So I would chew my meat. I remember like like faking a cough and putting it down so the dog would eat it. Or I'd go into the bathroom and I'd spit it into the toilet. And then my mother's like, why are you going to the bathroom so much? I'm like, oh, my stomach hurts. Every night there was a red meat. What I loved about her, my mother was a good cook. What I upset about is she never let me learn with her. Mm. She was an incredible sewer and an incredible cook. She used to teach sewing. She'd always kind of kick me out unless we were making Christmas cookies or something like that. But what I loved, I loved when she would make a pork chop with... Um, she made pork. I told you, honey. Oh, you see, no, the we would never do all. that. The We'd never, I mean, honestly, pork I chops. do that. No, with, but I, I mean, this is like, you're, you were secular, secular Jews. Like, it was like you were, you... Yeah. My auntie still, 
she was considered conservadox. Like the bar mitzvahs of her kids, she has four sons, three and a half hour bar mitzvahs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, my mother and father were like, no. Mm. But they would let me know that they were very proud Jews. Mm. They just wouldn't do, like, you know, we were adopted and my mother knew that we weren't biologically Jewish. So we had Christmas and Hanukkah. So I That's was kind of good though. Isn't no, it's it wonderful. I went to that. Hebrew school, but I also went to Bible chapel. So it was confusing. <laughs> yeah, like I was right. like, is Jesus coming back? Is he, is he here? Is he God's son? Like, what's the story? <laughs> so, okay. You okay, loved the pork chop and her red cabbage. Mm. Um, I loved her green beans. My mother made the, this is a really sad, but true story. My mom and I were very close, very connected. Talked to her three to four times a day. Right. Mm. Um, after she passed away, um, my favorite thing that my mom made was homemade chicken soup, and she would make homemade turkey soup, and her matzo balls were to die for, but they don't, they don't freeze very well. So um, for a year, up to a year after she died, I had a freezer full of her chicken soup. Aww. So every time I missed her, every time I got sick, I would just make some of her chicken soup, and a little piece of Arlene was always with oh, me. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> So um, how did the collab come about with Steps? Because I don't not, think not that obvious, you do that many obvious. collaborations. Am I right? No, the only person I ever collab with is Rue, usually. We've okay. done plenty of songs. So it's like RuPaul and Steps, right? Yeah. Why did you decide on doing this song with Steps? It, how it happened is Faye and I struck up a, a friendship because we had the same partner on Strictly. Oh, and how did you? Oh. Different years, though. So different who, years. Who's your partner? Giovanni. Of course, different yeah. years. Obviously. So we were commiserating. He's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. But a tough nut to crack. He's really tough and he's a taskmaster. And that's totally fine because I wanted that. So I'd cry to Faye. She'd cry to me. She'd be like, I know, you know, that type of thing. And it was, you know, we were obviously celebrating everything, but we were talking about this is the hardest thing I've ever done. My body. And really? then she said, we became friends. So she said, hey, we have a new album coming out. We're playing Royal Variety. Do you want to do an Instagram Live to announce the album? I was like, sure, I'll host it. So we did that. And you know, as celebs do, they'll go, oh, um, let's uh, do this together. Or, hey, I'd love for you to do a song with me. It's like, yeah, yeah, it never mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. The minute I got off the Instagram Live, it must have been like an hour later, I got an email from their manager saying, um, they really want to do the song with you. And I was like, okay. So they sent me the track off of What the Future Holds, and it's like one of my favorite tracks from the record, mm. which was Heartbreak in the City. And um, I, I did recorded my part yes, in great. L.A. And I thought, how? And I, when, even when I was singing, I was trying to be breathy and poppy, and I was like, <laughs> how am I going to sound? Because I'm a Broadway belter type of girl. How am I going to sound like a stepper? And then I thought, their producers are wonderful. <laughs> so I had a great producer in L.A. called Mark Holick, mm. and they, he did it produced my vocals and sent it on to their producers and when I heard it I was like oh my god I'm you Michelle sound from amazing. Steps oh, but like Michelle you, you've got a voice and it feels and it feels oh, I'm Michelle from Steps I, I was that. Michelle from Steps <laughs> but it's, it's, it's so it works so well it's and great, it makes yeah. so much sense to I think everybody and it's just so lovely to see but I mean you you did also did everybody's um, talking it, about Jamie everybody's yeah. talking about Jamie and so did Faye it's a you small too. world. So you've been in it. Yeah, I was on the West oh, End. Yeah, floor. I really want to see it's it. So well, they're fun. doing a film. The film's right? coming out. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. film. Are oh, you in the film? No, because I had to do a Sheffield accent. I don't think in the film that would have okay, been I, so forgiving. Can, do you want to get tickets? Because I've yes, still got definitely. a voucher with 
Annabelle. <laughs> what, because we couldn't get our other one? Get up, stand up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Postponed. So uh, um, we are going to eat in a minute, but before we eat, there's, yes. uh, there's a reason that there has been... Um, Mum has made a... What have you made? A, a, a Thai, thai pie. pie. Ooh, thai I don't pie. even know what I it's mean, going to be like. Well, to, I'm going to love but it. I did want to ask you before I do that. So it's like basically all the vegetables you can eat, oh, and I've cooked it with coconut milk and lemongrass. Oh, I'm so excited. And ginger, which all the things you can eat. Are you allowed I, those things? Yes. Okay, I've got great. done everything okay, fine. right. Full and protocol. I put the, the topping is sweet potato. Oh, you are glorious. And, all, and roots and things. Do you want me to do some griddle baby jam lettuce to go with it? No, or, this is lovely. Or you think that's yeah. enough? So, that's what I so there's a Why reason. Why am I eating like a fool? There's, there's a reason you are quite restrictive with your diet, yeah. diet at the moment. You have Hashimoto's. Yeah, I've always been really honest and open about talking about my struggle with autoimmune and Hashimoto's and celiac. And um, I contributed all to my breast implants, which I had taken out two years ago. And I have a documentary called Explant, which is coming out very shortly. Um, there's so much explosive information in this documentary that I, I just want people to know about. I'm not anti-plastic surgery. I'm all for it. But we women weren't being told the truth about implants and things like that before we put them in our bodies. And for me, I just want the information out so women could be their best advocate and make an informed decision. So my health has gotten better since they've been out, but because of... Do you think they were just poisoning your body? They are. They do. It doesn't happen to everybody. But um, it's got nothing to do with the... Was it silicon that you It doesn't matter. That's the fallacy. It's the casing of the implant. It's got 40-plus chemicals in it that are so bad for your body and your immune system can't help but to respond, which is like, ah! So doing the AIP protocol, autoimmune protocol, autoimmune paleo. Now, I don't eat meat, so it's a lot more difficult. But Mm. what it does... Where's your protein? Oh, there's plenty of protein in all those vegetables you put in there. That's the thing that Sam always says to me, because I put a bit of protein powder in my... um, in you my porridge today, protein, but Sam was like, babe, you're being mad. You're so obsessed with protein. Everybody's so obsessed about yeah, protein. protein being from chicken yeah. or meat. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't have to be. No. If I serve it in these plates, I look nice. Okay, amazing. Oh, I like Thanks, those plates. Um, so tell us, you, you're doing this AIP. So what that is, is a 30 to 60 day protocol to get rid of everything in the world that is considered an inflammatory food. So it's no nuts, no beans, no seeds, no legumes, no sugar, no dairy, nothing from the nightshade family, eggplant, mm, pepper, mm, even goji mm. berries. So even like a vanilla is a bean. So you can't have, it sounds Are you so abysmal. bored? Are you so bored? So bored. But at the end better? of 30 to 60 days, you start adding things and back. And then you see what? And I do feel clearer. My brain fog is left. I, less. I struggle with horrible, you call it tinnitus. Um, from recording for all those years and having oh, headphones right. on for nearly 20 years in the, in the radio station, and I blasted my music. So when and I it's eat helped proper, improve- yes, oh wow, yes, because the inflammatory response goes much lower. So how many days are you on now? This is like my third week. My doctor said um, I could have. We were somebody bought me these amazing cupcakes that were gluten free and vegan, but they had sugar. Oh. So my doctor said you can have two cupcakes. That's it. And then and then back shows on. over. Right. Look how amazing this looks. I wish you guys can smell you're, you're it. So Lenny, sweet. I promise you it's gonna be Listen, amazing. Usually, like Mum said, it's kind of been like the Master Chef uh, what's invention it? Test. Invention <laughs> test. But you know what? It's all the good stuff for you. We 
we will all feel incredibly virtuous at the end of this meal. And you're going to feel so healthy eating well, it. Oh, it. look at it. But do you, like, are you oh. finding you're getting really excited about a bit of wilted spinach now? Yes. <laughs> wilted spinach, wilted asparagus, Who wilted broccoli. What are you, what are you, mis- you. What are you missing? We didn't put salt in there, by the way. I will need salt. Okay, fine, great. I'm we an American. Didn't, we didn't know if you Yeah, were salt I can have. I might have put a bit on the green thing. I can have salt. So, so what are you missing? Or actually, are I'm you a missing? sugar addict. Oh, okay. Right. Sugar is my downfall. I don't know. What I think this is going like. to taste like heaven for Michelle because the poor cow's been eating. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you finding eating in London? Like, are you are you basically having to have like a? You don't need to be polite. No, I no, cook. I wouldn't mom. be polite. I'm a New Yorker. I cook for myself, mm-hmm. and um, it's a lot of sweet potato. It's a lot of veg. But guys, this is real delicious food. This is really nice. Mom. I told you. Yeah. It's delicious. It's working. <laughs> Your Thai pie is a hit. Great. You're going to make it What's again. It taste? Tuesday. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, okay, so you're a sugar addict. So yeah. what would be, on your last meal, if you weren't doing um, AIP, what would be your last supper? You've okay, my got... last ever meal? Yeah. Um, starter, main, pud. You know what and I don't have you're to... an Anglophile. So. Yes, and I don't have to worry about it because the gluten won't matter because I won't be in pain because it's my last Knock meal. Knock yourself out. And a drink of choice. Oh, my God. Hood, I can tell you straight away, okay. birthday cake with buttercream frosting. Would you get like vanilla sprinkles? Is it hundred percent sprinkles, sprinkles creamy vanilla buttercream, um, double layer with buttercream in the middle? Um, do you make a good birthday cake, or do you have to go and get I it by them? Like Costco um, makes the best birthday cake ever oh, on the God, face. God, I love there. Costco. Uh-huh. So okay, so Costco does That's amazing good. birthday okay. cake. Great. Um, macaroni and cheese. Anything specific about your mac and cheese that is, or somewhere that you've had it that you absolutely love? Is there a particular ingredient? You're going to read so disgusted, but I like it from the box. I'm and no I will judgment use. here, Michelle. I don't like homemade. Do you want to know why? When people make homemade macaroni and cheese, they complicate it. They overcomplicate it. Breadcrumbs do not belong on macaroni and cheese. I'm going to say it here. <laughs> Just like fruit does not belong in a birthday cake. Don't bring, <gasps> don't guess. invite me to a wedding and put strawberries and bananas in my cake. <laughs> I will spit it out in front of you, bride. <laughs> you want the jelly? I you just, want the no jelly, no cream only. Keep all fruit away. Like I don't even like a Victoria sponge. Wow. Jam and cake don't go for me. Okay, fine. Okay. So, so macaroni and cheese out of the box, and you just use extra butter. I'm going to say butter because I'm not vegan here. And then starter. I do. First of all, I, I'm a snacky girl, so I love any kind of chips and dip. Mm, crisps okay. and dip crisps and french onion dip crisp uh tortilla chips and salsa i love a chippy dippy type of thing how long have you been a vegan for for about five years um i went off for a bit because my doctor i had blood work done and he said um your body really needs some animal protein so i said okay i'll have eggs was that a struggle for you or a bit major struggle oh, right, I, don't, okay. I actually and you can ask my my best friend annie's here with me i don't like eggs Eggs for me have to be smothered in hollandaise sauce. And she'll tell you the only way I like to eat eggs. Ready? Two poached eggs mm-hmm. with hollandaise sauce. Mm-hmm. Toast. Like an eggs benedict. Correct, but not the meat. Okay. Toast. Mm-hmm. Butter. Mm-hmm. Jam. Ooh. Ooh. Follow me here. I'm going to. Yeah. Salt the eggs. Yeah. Dunk the sweet into the salty. Yeah, I can understand that maybe. She made fun of me and then she tasted it. And it was very good. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> She's, She's doing that for show right so. now. She actually really liked it. She didn't expect so, to. So, I mean, you're a vegan, but you talk about lots of lovely creamy bits and bobs. Well, I haven't like, been vegan all my life. But like, do you 
think you'd ever go back to vegetarianism? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Until I figure out what's going on with my body. Right, okay. I love cheese. <laughs> oh, I think it's it great. would be on my desert island. 100%. Cheese and a glass of wine. But I don't not, drink alcohol. Never. Never did. You're a real Jew. <laughs> Can I tell Jews you? don't drink that. Can I tell you my favorite mm. alcohol ever? What? Manischewitz. What? A Manischewitz, we've got some, <laughs> the Kerim wine. the grape juice. Oh my God, that's, it was, it was very exciting when you get that at Seder night. Yeah, 100%. loved it. Can we talk okay. about the fact that you, you love the UK? Love it. But like you understand it mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. But when was the first time that you came here? First time I came here. Now, my parents, Marty and Arlene, would take a holiday every year. The only holiday my brother and I got to go on. By the way, I'm sitting here saying we didn't have a lot of money growing up. We didn't. But my parents made sure they would go on a holiday. And not necessarily, thank you, every year. But like every other year, they would do a big one. Hawaii, I remember them going there three times. Never taking us though, Lenny. What? Stop. Never. The only place we got to go was every Christmas, we'd open our presents and we'd go in a car and we'd drive from New Jersey to Florida. 24-hour drive. 24. Did you appreciate that? Well, it? yeah, because we didn't cost any money, just petrol. And petrol wasn't that expensive mm-hmm. back then. And then we'd stay with my grandmother so we wouldn't have to pay for a hotel. So it was our Disney trip. Disney was a lot cheaper than it is now. I mean, I love Disney. And then when I was 13, my parents said, we are taking you kids on a big trip. They had saved four or five years to take us all to London for the first time. I actually went to the UK. That's big time. If if you uh, all your holidays were driving to Florida, that's it. it was a big deal. It was our only only one that I could really remember besides driving to Cape Cod or driving to Florida. So I remember going and um, you know flying in the plane. It's a big deal. You're going yeah. overseas. I'm oh. sure we did a stopover because it was cheaper. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, I was 13. My brother was 10, and I was really really into punk rock music. The Sex Pistols were like my obsession. I loved real London punk bands. And so I wore all my, I had a blue mohawk. I wore all my crazy clothes over. The highlight of my trip, I remember, was shopping on Carnaby Street when it used to be stalls, when it was like a market. It was amazing. Best experience of my life. And there was something about it stuck with me forever. I fell in love with a boy in Stratford-upon-Avon. His name was Simon. William Shakespeare. His name was Simon, not Shakespeare. <laughs> Simon Egan, his name was. Oh my God, imagine if he's listening no, to No, this that. is the best story. I posted a picture of me and Simon Egan on Twitter, and somebody tweets me and goes, that's my dad, LOL. Stop! Swear to God. That's amazing. Yep. That's my dad, LOL. Oh my God, yep. that's amazing. Fell in love with him. Uh-huh. Um, ever since then... I always had an affinity, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because I'm a New Yorker and it feels like home, mm-hmm. but I get off the plane at Heathrow, and it's always like, oh, I can breathe, like, I know I'm home. I don't feel like that in L.A. So why do you live in L.A.? Well, it's the show, business. Showbiz, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. And I love the weather. The people are rotten, but <laughs> the weather, the, the business. Do you think you could ever imagine yourself getting a little country spot in, you know, the Cotswolds and well, doing, you know... Why would she want to live in the bloody Because all the Americans love it because of that film, The Holiday. They which, love it. Which I love, <laughs> but I wouldn't live in the Cotswolds. Where would you live if you were going to live here? She wants well, I've got noise a place. and dirt. I'm a New Yorker, so I have a place in Northwest London right now. I love it there. Mm. I'd probably stay there. I like the outskirts. I don't mind, like, the Shenleys and places outside and Surrey and 
you know, I like them, but I don't feel at home there. No. I want to be... City girl. Yeah. What about... Okay, so food. Forgetting after AIP, like, where, where you, you live in LA, yeah. you're a New Jersey girl, yeah. you love London, yeah. where would you go for your food destination? Which one do you think is the greatest? Oh, my God, LA. Let me it, tell it you why, though. suits you, right? Yeah, because it yeah. suits me. If I'm going for the best food, New York. Where would you go? <laughs> I have really great vegan restaurants there, but they're That's really, fine, say. there's a place called Blossom, New York city, which is mm-hmm. amazing in Chelsea. They have the most amazing, del- like, I can't even tell you vegan food and plenty of gluten-free options. See, for me being celiac, it's really important that you can go, you know, if I go to Italian, the only thing I can have is gluten-free pasta. It's never anything more than that. So there are amazing restaurants in London. I loved Mildred's. I went there forever. Great vegan mm, restaurant. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more to choose from now. And in L.A., though, you must No, be in London, even. In L.A., it's everywhere. Michelle, everywhere, Michelle, my favorite what restaurant. what do you feel about kale? Hate it. Me too. You and Andrew Lloyd, Lloyd Webber. and Andrew and Lloyd Webber and you hate it. Hate it. You like it. I mean, I, I, I oh, will eat it. Disgusting. I, I think if you massage it, it can kind of it's like... It's very bitter. It's, it's hard you work. You can't eat it, it f- when you boil it. Even when you no. boil it, it's so it's stiff. Tough. Yeah. I do like a kale chip. Like a kale crisp. Mm, yeah. How do you make those? Oh, so easy. You rip them up. You yeah. put the oven very low. Yeah. Like it would be like 125 in the yeah. US, so low here. Um, salt and pepper. A little bit of um, oil if you want. Even fry light. And Shove it crunches it in. up. Mm-hmm. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Do you sing karaoke? I love karaoke, yeah. Right. Jesse, take note. Would it be Madonna? Would it be what? Would it be Madonna? It could be Madonna. I loved, this is, um, I love to sing Pat Benatar in, um, in. Well, you know, hit me with your best shot. I don't know if I do. Yeah. How's it go? Well, that's not her most well, you're famous a song. a real tough cookie artist with the long. Hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Uh, maybe I do. No, yeah. what's I like most, hearing you sing what's it. What's Pat Benatar's most famous that song? That one. Yeah. No, there was another she one. She also had um, We Belong. She also had We're Running With The Shadows of Maybe I know that one. I know so that baby, one. Take your hand, it'll be they sound like good characters. Right. Like They're sex. all great. Are they <laughs> usually love is a battlefield? Yeah, love is a battlefield. That's the first video that somebody ever talked. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Love is a battlefield. From, I think you it's from the never. Legend of Billie Jean, the movie. So hold on, I love. Okay, you've got. Are these usually on the karaoke system? All Pat Benatar is always on karaoke. Love okay, is fine. A battlefield. I would sing Heart. I would sing. Um, you know Heart. No. 
Till um, <laughs> till that I always got by on my own. Oh, that's a chick. No, that is heart. Heart. Along with ooh, Barracuda. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, um, you're going for like the biggies. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, yeah what am I going to say? Your voice is really great, Michelle. You need to do oh, more. This is shit. I'm no, just no, it's great. Like, I mean, we just touched it. You may be doing some uh, music of your mm. own. Maybe. Would you do Broadway again? Or, or, or would you do? Would you do West End? And oh, of course, absolutely. Would you just? What would my be your dream? dream? Okay, right. Because yeah. I went to theater school, and that's what my degree is in musical theater. My dream has always been to be on the cast recording of an original role. I've not done that yet. Don't know if I'll ever get to do that. Dream role, probably Mama Rose. Oh, sing out, yeah. Louise. That's it. Mm. Hello, boys. That oh. one. Um, but there's a lot because I love musical theater. It's Me my too. heart and soul. I hate people that don't. I don't hate them, but I I don't judge trust them. them. I, yeah. Yeah. Me too. We love musical theater. Me too. It really And I got started me. in it because my mom, I didn't grow up in a musical house at all. Um, both my parents were tone deaf and um, they had a record collection, which was, they were Jewish, Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. Neil Diamond, mm-hmm. Johnny Mathis, <laughs> and a rogue West Side Story. And I must have been eight, nine years old. I remember playing it from the start, from overture to the finale, learning every note, every beat, every song, singing the whole thing every day by myself because I wasn't like a, popular kid so I'd always do this stuff at home and um that's how I became obsessed and then Annie came out and I begged my mother to audition I begged my mother to audition you'd be amazing as Miss Hannigan I'd be a great Miss Hannigan oh my goodness you'd be amazing Dorothy Loudon is one of my heroes what's your favorite musical well West Side Story yeah because it holds a special place in my heart but it's like the gay Sophie's choice you cannot pick (laughs) a favorite musical (laughs) Annie is probably one of my the best out there Bye Bye Birdie is one of my favorites anything Cheetah Rivera's Andrew Lloyd Webber said South Pacific was Hate it. the best musical ever written. Hate it. He said, because every single song's a, a, a cracker. Horrendous. <laughs> it's so about taste. Yeah. It's what you like. See, Jesse was Miss Adelaide in Guys and Dolls. Another school. great one. That's, that was a great role. I was Reno Sweeney in Anything Goes. That's yeah. another great role. one. But I, and you also in Bugsy Malone. You were the jazz singer. No, mum, that was like when I was like in year five. I was ten yeah. and I my little um, head kept on falling over. So I, oh. I, I always got a cold. I was Miss Adelaide. I always got a cold. A poison. And so like my little kind of flapper girl headpiece was just falling down. I was like, he's a sinner. Anyway, you know what? Oh, it, so it, it, it worked. The first song I ever sang in a talent competition, I was eight years old. It was a talent show, not a competition. So second grade in America. Yeah. And I played the organ and I sang, You're a, uh, I'm a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> boom, boom. Oh. Yeah. Eight can you old. play it? Did you win? Uh, and it wasn't competition. It was a oh. Can you play show. it as well? Um, I did. Jessica. No, I can't. I can't. Well, not with those play. nails. No, know. I did. It was the organ. I was eight years old. I Your learned nails it like this. Are just fun. Aren't they fun? Uh, Michelle, okay, so Drag Race UK, best series, I think. Uh, one of my favorite series of all the Drag Race That's series. So like good. beautiful. Yeah. Did you did you think that Lawrence Cheney was gonna win? I had no idea. I never have any so idea. Did you ever get a say? What's it's always like silence and then and then Jane. roommates said no, I don't have a What's say. What's Lawrence okay. Cheney's queen's name? Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney, which is quite unusual. Oh, well, well we had Chad Michaels. We have, you know Yeah, fine, yes. I yes. thought they only had no, no, sometimes they no. use their names. What was that lovely Shay Yes, Shay. Shea. Shay on um, Shake a leg, Shay Coulet. Uh, they. They. <laughs> he, she. Usually, they. The, this is how it usually goes, just for the record. 
out of drag he, in drag she, and what they, you know, you could ask them what pronouns they use, and some are non-binary, gender fluid, they don't care. What some is care. RuPaul? They, he, he, he. he said, you can call me he, you can call me she, just don't call me late to dinner. <laughs> Michelle, I just want you to stay, but yeah. it's been such a pleasure. We have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have good table manners? I think I have marginal table do, manners. Do they matter to you that much? No. I grew up in a house that was pretty bawdy and loud. And, you know, my mother and father really, you know, my mother was like a, a Jew from Brooklyn. Like, they didn't, it wasn't proper. It wasn't precious. There was no etiquette. You know, there were things that we had to do as far as food goes and, you know, don't burp. and But we always talked. Sometimes the telly was on. We had one in the kitchen that would be like right there. And it was very that. But no, they weren't precious. You sound like you had a really happy childhood. I did. Yeah. I had a great childhood. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. Thank you so much, Michelle. Of course, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Just so lovely to see you having such a lovely time in London, in Blighty, and just... um, yeah, yeah we're coming all, over we're for wanting to go away for the weather. I know. Oh, well, you can come visit me in Los Angeles. Oh desperate to get Absolutely. away. Thank you for having me. Thank Such you for welcoming pleasure. me into your home. Well, I just love her. She's fabulous. Sunshine. She's so energetic and enthusiastic and positive. Like, get up and go. Yeah, That's like the American way, but, like, there's still no bullshit, though. I like it. Yeah, That's the New Jersey way. She's warm and positive, I think. Love everything about her, and it was just a pleasure to have her um, for an incredibly healthy... For my... I'm now having a, I'm now having an elderflower sh- um, you? thing just You're to get going sugar for it. me. Yeah, I'm going mad. Fucking somebody stop me. But yeah, Michelle Fassage, thank you so much for coming on Table Manners. We wanted to do that one for a while. Um, so it was really, really lovely. She's pretty to have fabulous. Her. Really fabulous. Yep. I'd love Michelle to give you a makeup tutorial, Mum. Why? Oof. The contour. But you know I go for drag race. <laughs> I, I wonder whether I won't get the call up ever again, and you will. Um, queen look. I hope everyone has enjoyed that. It's such a pleasure to do this podcast for you all. I hope you're all all right. I hope you're enjoying some of these sunnier moments. Who am I? Am I the weather girl? Don't Jesus. Know, no, darling. It's actually freezing. <laughs> it's not that freezing. It's cold. Um, anyway, take care, everybody, and we'll see you next week. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 